This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the Week 10 edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey, and we are fired up to talk ball we are at the midpoint of the season and so that means some awards uh we'll place a little bit of a game here buy or sell on certain teams and as always we will preview some of the biggest matchups ahead thank you for listening i am jason lock and at jason lock and on twitter and uh my main man brian bollinger is with me as always to talk ball he is at baldy nfl and Baldy, I know you've been grinding the tape as always. There's some individuals you want to shine a light on with some awards. Uh, I will get your take on whether or yeah. not you are buying or selling the Chiefs, Raiders, Bengals, and Patriots. And we will preview Browns, Patriots, Saints, Titans, and Seahawks, Packers before we get on out of here. Um, but uh, it seems weird to be talking midpoint of the season at week 10, but that's the new math as we have uh, added a regular season game, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, which, which could really factor into some of these races and, you know, you look at how locked up things are right now uh, in the AFC West or in the AFC West and it's just how locked up it is in the AFC North. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, some of these divisions right now uh, and you just go pick a winner. I mean, right, you, right. you know, you just, you know, Cincinnati can go into Baltimore and blow them out and Cleveland could go into Cincinnati and blow them out and Cincinnati go into Pittsburgh and blow them. You know, so it's just it's it's week to week with some of these divisions and they're going to knock each other off. And so, you know, who's going to be standing? And, you know, if you if you have seven losses in a tight division, is that going to be, are you still going to, you know, you're going to make the playoffs at 10 sure. and 7? We, we, we don't know. So that extra week, the math, the new math, uh, you know, nobody really knows how to kind of predict some of this stuff. Well, Baldy, let's, let's start with uh, your, your MVP for the first half of the season. Tom Brady is on pace for possibly 50 touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson, doing some special stuff every single week to will that team to victory more weeks than not. And Kyler Murray, um, you know, looking Herculean. Although I got to say it was a little odd to see them absolutely destroy San Francisco uh, without Hopkins or, or Murray. But uh, where, where are you, where are you leaning in this one? Uh, I'm, I'm going to stay with Kyler. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when him, when, when Cliff Kingsbury took over the job three years ago, Jason, and his first pick was Kyler Murray and 
you know, there was a ruse about Josh Rosen wasn't yeah. going anywhere, you know, right. and I, and I, you know, and I knew Cliff pretty good from my days of covering the big 12 and being out in, you know, my share of days in Lubbock um, when Cliff was there and just watching, you know, how his mind thinks offensively, you know, when they took over, they were the worst offense in all of football and maybe in the history of football, they were, last in 10 different categories yeah they, they couldn't they couldn't score t- i saw games they couldn't score a touchdown uh, no matter how many chances they got and here they are number two offensive football Kyler murray seven and one is a starter he's eight no if aj green is you know is alert on the last play of the game against right. green bay um but you know it's just i mean i'm not gonna get carried away with statistics but you know he's he leads the league right now completing almost 73 percent of his passes and you okay, you know, we see that in college, Jason, with guys throwing bubble screens all day. I mean, he's throwing the ball down the field. They're attacking. I mean, averaging almost nine yards an attempt, which is second only to Russell Wilson. And we know Russell's been out for a month. Right. So, I mean, he's at the top of the charts in all these categories, and the offense is humming. And and so, you know, you just and, and he and he it all goes through him. And he's not out there just running around anymore and right. doing all this stuff. I mean, he's beating you. Used to be like, well, just keep Kyler in the pocket. You you keep him in the pocket, you know, you, you got him. Well, okay. I, I don't see that. Yeah. I, and so, I, I'm to me, I know Lamar and Tom Brady and, you know, there's certainly in, in Matt Stafford, there's a lot of candidates just from the quarterback position. Um, but I, I just don't see, uh, to me, it's, it's Kyler Murray's job to lose really not just now, but for the rest of the season. Like I, I think he's got a stranglehold on it. I don't see him falling off a cliff um, over the next uh, eight games, but uh, I, I think he's, you know, he's out front and I think he's the, the leader in the, in the clubhouse right now. How about uh defensive MVP, Bobby? Well, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I don't see, you know, Miles Garrett is at the top Ooh. of the charts with sacks. And, you know, I, but I, I'm waiting for Miles Garrett. You know, he's been, he's been tutored by Bruce Smith, okay, the all time sack leader in the NFL. And the one thing about Bruce was he knew when it was time to take a game over. And I played with Reggie White, and mm-hmm. Reggie White knew when the game was in the bounds when to take it over. And I'm waiting for that from Miles Garrett. And I haven't seen that yet. Like they had a chance against the Chargers to do it. And he didn't do it. And he's going to pile up a lot of sacks because there's just nobody quite as strong and powerful as he is at that position. So I, you know, he's in the conversation for sure. And he might get 20 sacks this year. And if he yeah, does, yeah. he's probably going to run away with the job, but I, I do want to see more from miles when you got to have it mm-hmm. and you got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands to ice the game. And I'm waiting for that. He's going to get chances in the second half here, especially in that division. But oh, yeah. it's hard for me not to give to Trayvon Diggs with seven interceptions and two touchdowns and how well Dallas outside of last week's against mm-hmm. you know Denver, how well Dallas has played defensively. So, I mean, I, I had him at the quarter pole as the defensive MVP. I'll still give it to him at the halfway. They, they probably don't beat New England without that pick six. Um, and so that'd be right. another loss uh, without him. So he's helping them win games right now and get to a you know a pretty good record here at the halfway point. So I'll stay with Trayvon Diggs. Matthew Judon and others receiving votes for you? Is, yeah. he, is he in the conversation? For yeah, you, you know, when the, the, the Patriots will get to the game with Cleveland yeah, this week. Yeah. The Patriots defensively, I mean, if you just want to 
learn the game of football, how you're, you're supposed to play it properly, you would watch the New England Patriots. I mean, just from pad level to how you use your hands, to how to get off a block, um, to how to take the fight. What they did to the Carolina Panthers was, I mean, they just they made the Carolina Panthers look like a farm team, like a farm system, yeah. you know, what they did to yeah. them. Like the varsity against the JV, uh, man-to-man. Um, but, you know, when you watch Matt Judon, yeah, he's got the nine sacks, and that's that's impressive. But like the little things, like they don't, he won't let have a he won't let a tight end have a free release mm-hmm. on his way to the quarterback. He could have twelve sacks if he wasn't, you know, just doing all the little things yep. that they ask him to do. And so Matt Judon is in that conversation. You can't really take your eyes off him. His movement, um, where he's at the end of plays, how he affects so many plays, and uh, they're playing great defense right now. I mean, really great defense. Let's look at some of the uh, young guys, Baldy. Uh, how about your your offensive rookie of the year? Well, I think it's, you know, Rashawn Slater is in the conversation, the mm-hmm. left tackle for uh, the Chargers. Last week, uh, Justin Herbert went to Philadelphia, threw the ball, dropped back 38 times, Jason. He wasn't touched once. You know, and he's going, and then, you know, it's Rashawn Slater's going up against some players, you yeah. know, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, whatever. I mean, the offense line played great, and he's been the stalwart. But it's hard not to just see what Jamar Chase has done. He leads the AFC in receiving yards. He leads the AFC in touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. He leads the NFL <clears throat> with 19 yards a catch. Um, you know, he he just ruined the Baltimore or the, the Baltimore yeah. Ravens this year in that game. Yeah. He went to Pittsburgh and scored two touchdowns against the Steelers. You've seen what the defense is doing for the Steelers now. Um, it, it's it's Jamar Chase. I know the last two weeks he hasn't, you know, been great against the Jets and, and then last week in the loss against Cleveland. But receivers are going to, you know, they're not going to catch, uh, you know, 10 passes and sure. a touchdown every week. Any part of you feel like Justin Fields could enter this conversation in the second half of the season? Yes. Well, I mean, what we're seeing the last two weeks, I mean, you know, I said, and, and I said it on this podcast, Jason, I said it, um, after when we did some draft previews, he was my favorite quarterback in this draft. And I thought he would be the second. I thought he should be the second quarterback yeah, drafted. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to take Trevor Lawrence first, I didn't have any problem with it. But I thought he should have been the second quarterback drafted. And, you know, then Chicago is playing around with Andy Dalton. Right. And he's the starter. And I'm saying, well, what are you, what are you waiting for? Right. Why, why wouldn't you put him in there? What is Andy Dalton going to do for your football team that Justin Fields – will eventually do for your team. And so we saw it on Monday night, you know, against uh, against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And we saw that fourth quarter. And he he looked like he's ready for prime time. Oh, yeah. We saw it the week before, yep. you know, in a loss to San Francisco. But he's now getting the ball down the field to receivers. He's throwing the ball accurately. The touchdown throw to Darnell Mooney was an amazing Ooh, throw. Man. I mean, first of all, Mooney's not open. Right. But the throw gets him open. And – you know, he, his ability to elude the rush, uh, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick absolutely lights him up on the sideline, just bounces right up from it. Yeah, He's had some tough outings. I mean, that, that day in Cleveland was tough. Sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, you, I've talked to Troy Aikman about this. Uh, you know, his rookie year was as tough as it, it's mm-hmm. ever been for anybody. One in 15 in the game that they won, he didn't even play. So quarterbacks just have to go through that. And if you have the right guy and they're wired the right way, then 
they're going to overcome that. You're not going to have to worry about them. Well, they'll be David Carr. Well, I don't think so. Like th- this guy is just wired differently. You can tell how he controls his emotions, um, his poise, um, just how he handles himself in a press conference after, yep. you know, a good, you know, a good effort. Um, the second half of the season, I expect big things from him. Me too. Me too. I, I think uh, if that Bears job ends up opening, I think it's going to be the most coveted around because the, this kid is that is that special. How about defensive side of the ball, Baldy? Defensive. Well, I mean, defense. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was the yeah. best. Like, they got blown out by Denver. Nobody played well for Dallas except Micah Parsons. He had his three sacks. He's all over the field. He, he lit up Jerry Judy on the sideline. Judy's still wondering just what hit him. He had no idea. I mean, his speed, closing speed, effort. Um, he's had games this year. Where he's played every single snap, uh, you know, against uh, the New England Patriots in overtime, played every snap in that game, never came off the field. Uh, he just has an unbelievable presence about himself. He can play a number of different positions. He is as good rushing the passer as he is in coverage as he is, you know, finding the ball in the run game. He's just – I don't think there's really anybody close to him right now. Um, as far as, you know, just defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I don't think that one's particularly close uh, either, Baldy. Uh, I know you are always looking to shine a light on those who are maybe not getting the uh, attention elsewhere. And by watching the film as much as you do, certain guys keep catching your eye. Do you have a most underrated player or players, most most slept on guys? Yeah, I do. I've got two because one is slept on every year. And that's Demario Davis mm-hmm. in, New, in New Orleans. I mean, every year for not, first of all, he doesn't miss games. Right. He doesn't miss snaps. I mean, he's he sat out week one, 15 snaps when the Saints completely drubbed Green Bay there right. in Jacksonville. But he's played every snap since. And he, he plays every snap of every year. He's missed one game in nine years. He's led his team in tackles every year. He's leading the Saints in tackles right now. And his ability just to diagnose a play is as good as there is. I mean, you put Levante David, you put anybody up there. His ability, Bobby Wagner, you know, all the guys, Fred Warner, all the guys that get a lot of the credit, um, he, he's as good as any of them uh, in every phase of the game. They've got a great defense. Uh, but the other guy that really has opened my eyes this year and a team that has completely rebuilt itself defensively, the Green Bay Packers, is Devondre Campbell. He leads the team in tackles. Uh, he leads the team almost every week in tackles. He's got two interceptions. He's got two, you know, forced mm-hmm. fumbles. Um, when you watch him, you know, I, I watched him this week against Kansas City. I mean, the Chiefs scored 13 points. They look dreadful. Um, but, you know, it, it's still going into Kansas City. They're healthy. He's covering Kelsey. They they play a, a variety of different looks. He never comes off the field. Devondre Campbell's having a great season. He's in a good system that – you know, he's their, he's their star linebacker when they have to go out in the slot and cover somebody. Um, he really could do it all. And he's he's been an impressive player on a very good defense. Well, Baldy, you led me right where I wanted to go. You, you, you mentioned the sleepwalking Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to play a little game here. Buy or sell um, four teams we're going to go through. Heck, I'll throw the first two at you together because they play this weekend yeah chiefs and raiders the the dirty little secret about the chiefs baldy is that the defense hasn't been half bad the last month the offense is is now unable to play complimentary football to help the defense out it's it's the turnovers 
it's the lack of time of possession, right? It's the lack of any sort of will to run the ball and stay balanced. I feel like that's the biggest problem with the Kansas City Chiefs right now and not necessarily the defense, which is crazy. Are you buying the Kansas City Chiefs as a AFC power come January? I'm not. And, you know, and I, I might be completely blind to saying this is just a funk. This is just a, a stretch that they're going to play themselves through. I mean, they went for the first time uh, since maybe, I, I don't know, maybe all year, that they didn't turn the ball over and they still could only score 13 points. Yeah. Um, and, Ju- and Jordan Love was struggling all game long oh, until boy. the fourth quarter. And even with Jordan Love at quarterback, they could not put that team away. Anyway, you look at it. And, you know, she said, okay, well, it's one game. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, they weren't good against the Giants. They were horrible against Tennessee. Um, you know, they were terrible against Buffalo. I mean, I've seen them four times this year. I saw them week one against Cleveland. I saw them week three against the Chargers. I saw them at Washington where they were losing. Uh, well, it was 14-13 at the half. And then I saw them Sunday. And they have gotten increasingly worse each week that I've seen them. And I just, I mean, I know it's a, like, I just don't see this trend discontinuing. And for a couple of reasons, one, I know Andy Reed is not going to turn this thing into a power rushing attack. Right. right. It's just not who he is. I, I get that. Okay. Although that's what the offense line does. Need to be. Yeah. Um, they, they cannot get the ball down the field. They can't get a chunk play. They used to get those like just falling out of bed. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did get five, six, seven. I saw them score four touchdowns in the second quarter against the Raiders th- uh, two years ago or three years ago. Um, you know, put up a 28 spot in one quarter. They they don't explode like that. No. And when they're behind, they don't explode. And that's when they always did. When they had to come out yep. of it, they could just get points in a hurry. It's just it's hard to come by right now. And teams are doing a little bit different, you know, like, Tennessee didn't blitz Patrick Mahomes. They just rushed four, but their four got home. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Giants on third down just rushed three. They made Mahomes hold the ball. The longer he holds it, the more antsy he looks. Um, and he's flat out, you know, he's he's not, not playing hitting. well. He's, he's just not playing well. He's not putting the ball in the right place. And so part of it is him. Part of it is uh, – and I think a little bit like San Francisco is funny. You know, they played San Francisco in the Super Bowl yeah. two years ago. Both offenses, to me, just look stale, Jason. Yeah. They look like, okay, we, we've we seen all the different, you know, pre-snap motions, you know, running, you know, wide receivers running in a circle in the backfield. we we kind of seen all that. We've seen Kelsey with his little motions. Yeah. I feel like everybody's seen everything that they do. The bubble screens, um, you know, the flat routes, the, um, like, nothing looks innovative, in either one of those offenses right now. And with the Chiefs, it doesn't look like that. And they could put, you know, it used to be it was a track team. It was McCall Hardman and Tyree Kill and all this speed, 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 and you just don't see it right now. Well, the Chiefs aren't a juggernaut. They're not going to run away and hide in that division. They don't look like they're built for January. Could could the Raiders take advantage of any of this? And I, I don't know about the Raiders as a Super Bowl team or going deep in the playoffs, but are, are are you buying that the Raiders are still a playoff team in the AFC? I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I mean, I know they they've they had a good stretch there without John and you know, and then they you know they they played poorly last week against the Giants. 
Um, the Giants are playing much better defensively. We thought that they would be a good defensive team, and they, they're becoming that now. But I'm not. I, I, I think there's just – I mean, what happened with Damon Arnett this week? Yeah. Um, you can only take so many of those type of shots where to a team where your coach, your star wide receiver, your one of your, you know, high priced, you know, defensive backs. I mean, you can say, okay, we'll just keep it in the team and we'll just move on. I, you, it's, it's a big loss of talent, you know, it's some of those guys. Not, but not just that. I, I think uh, I, I just see an offensive line that struggles at times mm-hmm. to, to really – protect the quarterback, open up holes. They're not really great uh, running the football at all, and that's what they were built to do. Right. Um, you know, they're not doing that. And so I, I think if you just say, all right, Derek, you go back and throw it to Darren Waller and Brian Edwards and you go win it, I I think it's just too much to ask. I see teams playing better than them right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, that division's going to be something else because the Chargers, you know what I mean? They've been Jekyll and Hyde, and now Denver, who knows? Maybe they've re- re- discovered something. But, yeah, that, as you mentioned at the top of the show, that is a wide-open division. Baldy, it was only two weeks ago you and I were gushing about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Bungles no more. They come to Baltimore. They hang 28 up on that defense. Uh, Jamar Chase is running wild. Uh, you're seeing uh, them 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 have 50 yard touchdown runs in the fourth quarter against a Ravens team that kind of sort of looked like it quit. Uh, since then, they lose to the Jets. I thought eh, everybody stubs their toe. Young team, they'll learn from it. Then they go out there and get their lunch money stolen from them for four quarters by the Browns. Joe Burrow, uh, 11 turnovers this year. I'm sorry, 11 interceptions. He's leading the league. Um, and Baldy, uh, that defense that you and I both thought turned a corner. 75 points allowed in two weeks. I know some of it is due to turnovers from the offense, but are you buying the Cincinnati Bengals as a factor in the AFC? Are they are they anything other than the fourth best team in the AFC North? They they sure look like they're falling apart, don't they? I mean, you yeah. see in Pittsburgh what they're doing right now and how they cobble some offense together to go with their defense. Yeah. Uh you you know the Ravens can really bounce back from any situation. And when you have Lamar and you have the, the staff and the organization, you know that they're they're going to be a factor. And I mean, it's in, in Cleveland looks like they have found their identity. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's better addition by subtraction, but With losing Odell, Odell um, COVID is you know really striking that team hard. We'll see you know just how they're going to be able to what team they're going to field this week at the running back position since they're kind of kind of predicated upon running the yeah. football. So uh, you know that's that's unfortunate, but they 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 got through it last year. They went they got hit hard last year with it. So uh, we'll see. But but defensively, you know, you really see Cleveland. You know what they can do when they're fully healthy, and you know whether it's Des Ward, you know, taking one back mm-hmm. to the house. And but I but to answer your question about about Cincinnati, you know, they're trying to change the culture. I give Zach Taylor credit; he's got a lot, bunch of good guys in there. They're they're really at a, a real sticking point right now because they could become the old Bengals and kind of hang their head or they could dig themselves out of this thing and start stacking some wins. And so I don't know what to make of it yet. I know that they're at a very critical junction right now in the next two weeks and, and how they respond is it will determine if they're going to play meaningful games in January. Yeah. The, the, there'll be a fascinating case study here coming out of their buy and seeing what they're able to, uh, 
to sort of self scout and rediscover because, um, man, it's, it's hard to see a team fall in two weeks the way, uh, they did, uh, last but not least. And I think I know which way you're going on this one based on our earlier Matt Judon conversation, the new England Patriots Baldy suddenly have as many wins as anybody in the AFC East. I get it. They played one more game in the bills, but still both have five wins. They have come a long way since stubbing their toe against Miami week one. Uh, Baldy four and two in their last six games. The only losses were the back and forth game um, where you know, they Dallas. lost by two to Tom Brady and the back and forth game to Dallas, you know, whereas you mentioned earlier that, you know, Diggs kind of um, sealed the deal, but it's not like they're losing the bad teams anymore. Um, could have beat the Bucks. could have beat the Cowboys. Um, where are you on the New England Patriots? Are you buying them as a playoff factor in the AFC? I am. And I think before we, you know, the, the season ends, they're going to challenge Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an ascending team. Obviously, they started Mac Jones, and there was some growing pains, just and, and, you know, and just a bunch of new talent on offense. But, you know, you look up, and Hunter Henry's got five touchdown catches. Uh-huh. You know, and you go, okay, that's kind of what they were – brought him in there to do. And, you know, you can see that the tight ends, the way that they're using these running backs – I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's the biggest back in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they're starting to pound with him, change of pace with Harris. You know, they always had a committee at that position. Yep. Mac Jones is just a resilient kid, man. I mean, he's completing 68% of his passes. He's not making critical mistakes yep, right yep. now. But defensively, they are so good. They lead the league in interceptions, Jason. They've done that before. Um, you know, they made Sam Darnold look like he didn't belong in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, but they but they will really – you know, what they did to Justin Herbert, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they will, what they did to Tom Brady. I mean, you look at them against what are elite quarterbacks in this league, you know, they still have, you know, game two games with, with Buffalo coming up, yep. but you look at what they do to elite quarterbacks. The offense it doesn't have to be dynamic, but if you look up right now, it's unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're a top 10 offense right now, you know, with a rookie quarterback yep. and a bunch of new parts and, a cop, you know, an offensive line that's been seemed like it, it's changed almost every week, but you know they're playing, they're playing their style of football right now. They're not, they're not turning it over. They're taking care of the ball. Um, they're built for they're their elements, right? Playing complimentary football, really they're, good complimentary football. They're built for winter football, are they not, Baldy? I mean, I, yeah. I feel like they are built for for the part of the country that they're in, and for this part of the schedule where weather's going to start becoming a factor. No, no. I mean, they, they've always kind of made that consideration, and it's going to start changing here real soon. So, inclement weather, cold weather. Um, you know, I don't know what's what's coming off the harbor today. Uh, you know, the 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 winter chill. It, yeah. uh You know, you better. You know, that that grass up there at, at uh, Gillette Stadium. Sometimes it's more like a a farmer's field. I mean, all those conditions are a factor. Well, Baldy, they they faced the Browns, and and I thought Cleveland really needed to do what they did last week, given all the Odell stuff and given Baker being under fire. And, you know, there were some people wondering, hey, Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, are they going to be able to navigate this situation? Will it be addition by subtraction? I thought, look, Baker didn't go out there and throw it 50 times. He didn't have to, but I thought he looked like a leader. He played with fire. Um, You could tell those guys were rallying behind him. They had Donovan Peoples-Jones in that Odell Beckham role. And he had a you know a major impact on the game and a big splash touchdown. 
Um, they ran the heck out of the football, as you noted earlier. We don't at this point we're, we're not sure about Chubb and some of these guys if they're going to be able to play because of their COVID status. Uh, but it was a bounce back game for for me, mind, body, and soul for the Browns. How do they match up against the Patriots for you? Well, they're very similar. Um, they're very similar in their approach. You know, I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones leads the Cleveland Browns in his in his role with three touchdown catches. They're not a team that throws the ball all around the yard. I mean, just looking at Baker Mayfield, I know it was a win, but just looking at Baker after the game, Jason, answering questions, he looked happier. He just looked more relieved, happier. And maybe, look, we've seen this with wide receivers before, specifically wide receivers. Yeah. It's not about stats or how you include this player or you got to get him involved. I mean, it's about the, the way that you win the game. They throw the ball to their backs and tight ends. That's what they do. They play three tight ends. They play three backs. They throw the ball to those guys in screens. And Joku catching a touchdown pass the other day. That's kind of Stefanski's offense. They they run a lot of 13 personnel. Yep. Um, it, it helps them in the run game. It gives them the numbers in the run game. That's that's how they're built. And so, the, it to me, they look a lot like uh, mirror images of each other going up against each other this week. Now, you know, I mean, if you're without Nick Chubb, I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that makes a difference. I mean, yeah. a guy is rare. So, uh, and that's not to knock anybody else, but he's just a rare cat. So, um, you know, last week they they had three touchdowns of 60 yards or more in that game, you know, and they, they lived on the big play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's hard to get against mm-hmm. the New England Patriots. Yes, it is. That, that should be one of the more interesting games in the AFC. Um, the Saints and Titans a very intriguing matchup. Yeah. Tennessee, man, I, I gotta admit, I didn't, I didn't think that they were gonna start the uh, without Derrick Henry era the way they did. Although Matt Stafford certainly um, had a lot to do with that, and I, I still have major questions about Tennessee's offense without Henry. But we'll we'll see moving forward. And the Saints um, having to play their first game without Jameis Winston, slow start. But then, damn, I thought they were going to pull it off late, Baldy, and ended up losing a heartbreaker to the Falcons. What are your thoughts on this game? I love I love uh, what Tennessee is doing. Um, they, they are challenged offensively against a good defense with the Rams. But their front four right now is the best in football. When they have to get after the quarterback, and that front four is Bud Dupree and Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, yeah, they don't yeah. blitz. I mean – whether they're individually rushing and just winning one-on-ones or whether they're running twist stunts, they're the best. And then, you know, uh, you know, Kevin Byard is, is just mm-hmm. an absolute amazing player. Just finds uh, the but ball. Just, uh, but they're just getting great. They're playing very smart defensively. They're not giving up big plays. Um, they're taking advantage of the pressure that the defensive line is providing. I mean, they sacked Matt Stafford five times. They hit him 13. And they completely changed the game. You know, they scored two touchdowns in 11 seconds. You know, I mean, I don't know what Stafford was doing with Autry hanging around him, you know, in the end zone, and he throws the ball to David Long. You know, the next play, Byard takes a pick six to the house, and the game all changed. And But that's what they did against Kansas City, and that's how they're playing right now. Their front four makes everybody in that whole organization better. I think they're going to continue to struggle. I mean, Adrian Peterson is what he is right now. The right. offensive line is average. Derrick Henry made him better. Uh, he 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 made teams completely change 
their defensive structure to try to stop. Them. Right. And with that, it opened up all kinds of things, whether it was a Tannehill bootleg or the play action passes or the screen game. It's just completely, they use them as a decoy. And so that, that doesn't exist anymore. And so now uh, I think that, that that will be a struggle. But I still believe in the team and the way that they're coached and the way that they play together. Yeah, and the Saints, I guess, have to lean on their defense a little bit more here, right? I mean, Simeon is, no doubt. is smart. I think Simeon will take the – I think Sean likes him because he's not going to be try to be something he's not. He's, he's going to go out of his way not to be a double agent and just play – you know, within himself and, and take the short stuff that's there, kind of like what Drew Brees was doing at the end of his career. And and they're going to have to run the ball, right? And they're going to have to rely on their defense. Yeah, I know. But that doesn't, it, it just sounds hard. Yeah. Um, it just does, Jason. I mean, you could do that against, you know, let's say, the Tampa Bay Bucks, and figure out a way to do it, you know, when you lose Jameis. But I think it's just hard for Sean Payton. I think yeah. it's hard for a proud organization that's had a top five offense forever mm-hmm. yep. to play that style of football every week. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. I mean, look, they give up the play to Cordero Patterson at the end. They they go after the rookie corner right there, Adebo, and they get the big play for the you know the game-winning field goal. Like, when you have to play that way every week, even a good defense, a great defense, like they're going to crack at times in these – tight games, close games, division games. And I just think that's going to be a hard way to exist for the Saints. And so at some point, I think Trevor, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Taysom Hill is just coming back from this, uh, you know, this this head trauma of his and all that, and he had a limited role last week. I, I just think he gives them a little bit more mm-hmm. to, that you can work with, uh, a little bit more dynamic play, play to play, that I think they're going to need. And so I, I look for Taysom to take that job within the next week or two. Yeah, there's uh it's been one adjustment for after the next for for Sean Payton and those guys, and we'll see how how they adapt. I, I just look at the NFC and say there's gonna be some pretty flawed football teams that get the final two wild card spots there. So I don't think all hope is lost for the Saints just yet. And Baldy, we would be remiss if we did not touch on this game. Packers. Seahawks, Russell Wilson is back from that finger injury. The pin is out. He is good to go. Um, As we record this, Aaron Rodgers is still in COVID protocols. He could test negative twice by Saturday and play. Let's assume for the sake of this that he does play. Um, Because if he doesn't, I I think we know that this is probably going to be one-way traffic because Jordan Love uh, has a ways to go. But let's assume Aaron Rodgers plays. He wouldn't have practiced all week. Um, what do you, what do you see here? Well, we know that Russell Wilson will give this team a much needed lift. I mean, um, they need it. They've lost, uh, you know, three out of four, uh, the, the one win against Jacksonville without him, And so they desperately need him. He changes the game. Um, the offense will wake up. I don't know if it's gonna if the finger is gonna affect him at all. I doubt it will. Uh, otherwise, I don't think they'd have him out there. So I think you just assume he's 100 percent and back. You give Russell Wilson basically a month to rest up. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna see the best of Russell Wilson. And you know they're in a deep hole here at three and five. Uh, 
I I think that he's going to give that whole organization unbelievable lift. I think Green Bay, with or without Aaron Rodgers, is is really going to be it's going to be a real challenge for him um, this this Sunday. I think Russell Wilson is going to give this team a real lift. I think the crowd, the whole thing, I think is going to be will be good. But you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, just knowing Aaron Rodgers the way that he is, um, he he likes that. He he likes himself against the world, um, yeah. and he he wants to feel like it's him against the world right now. So if he's out there, uh, you know I'm I'm not going against him. That's for sure. I uh, I am with you, Baldy. Um, before we get on out of here, uh, where are you this weekend? I am going to be in Los Angeles, Jason. I'm be out there for the Chargers and the Vikings. Um, I don't know if a team can collectively have a heart attack. But I feel like when I watch the Vikings play, it's unbelievable. they're collectively going to have, like, yeah. from Mike Zimmer to Kirk Cousins to the whole team, they're just going to have a, one big heart attack and collapse. I mean, like, but they're still in it. We know that they're a good team. Right. They, yeah. just, they just are losing these games that are winnable games. They just can't make a play when they have to to win it. And so their backs are up against the wall in Los Angeles this week. The Chargers are not a good defense no. in any way. Um, the Eagles kind of went up and down the field. on They used to have the ball at the end. The Chargers are a good offense. I, I look for a good shootout at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, that, that should definitely be a fun one, Baldy. I hope you have uh, a lot of fun on the call. And uh, we hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to this latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, thanks to our friends at Odyssey. Um, you can find me at Jason Lock and Foro on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter. Please give us feedback, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, um, Stitcher, wherever you guys get yeah. your uh, wherever you get your podcast goodness, please. Um, make Baldi's breakdowns a part of your weekly podcast routine. We hope everyone enjoys week 10 and we look forward to chatting again next week.